Well, hello. Just a short little reading this week. Um, And this comes from, well, it's actually the closing few passages from Orwell's Homage to Catalonia, which I thought uh, seemed like an appropriate thing to read, given my recent travels in Spain and my Orwell tour of Barcelona. Uh, Apologies, by the way, for the last recording and possibly this one. I've had a bit of a cold, so if my voice sounds even worse than usual, then that uh, is the reason. I think next week, actually, I was going to do this, read these passages and then um, the entirety of Orwell's later essay, Looking Back on the Spanish War. But I think I'll actually save that essay for next week uh, for for a bit of a lengthier instalment. But this one will be nice uh, and sweet and short. Uh, So, yes, Orwell, uh, Orwell's homage to Catalonia is his account of his time fighting during the Spanish Civil War on the side of the Republic against Franco's fascists. Uh, and it details as well the political persecution meted out by the communists and Stalinists uh, to heretical members of the left. Um, Orwell was quite lucky to escape with his life, had to escape um, being hunted down in Barcelona by communist agents. And we uh, simply pick up here from where I'm about to read, uh, after he has made it over the border back into France, having fled Barcelona um, and making his way back home. So, I wonder what is the appropriate first action when you come from a country at war and set foot on peaceful soil? Mine was to rush to the tobacco kiosk and buy as many cigars and cigarettes as I could stuff into my pockets. Then we all went to the buffet and had a cup of tea, the first tea with fresh milk in it that we'd had for many months. It was several days before I could get used to the idea that you could buy cigarettes whenever you wanted them. I always half expected to see the tobacconist doors barred and the forbidding notice, No High Tobacco, in the window. McNair and Cotman were going on to Paris. My wife and I got off the train at Banyuls, the first station up the line, feeling that, the we, that we would like a rest. We were not so well received in Banyuls when they discovered that we had come from Barcelona. Quite a number of times I was involved in the same conversation. You come from Spain? Which side were you fighting on? The government? Oh! And then a marked coolness. The little town seemed solidly pro-Franco, no doubt because of the various Spanish fascist refugees who had arrived there from time to time. The waiter at the café I frequented was a pro-Franco Spaniard and used to give me lowering glances as he served me with an aperitif. It was otherwise in Perpignan, which was stiff with government partisans and where all the different factions were caballing against one another, almost as in Barcelona. There was one cafe where the word pum immediately procured you French friends and smiles from the waiter. I think we stayed three days in Banyuls. It was a strangely restless time. 
In this quiet fishing town, remote from bombs, machine guns, food queues, propaganda and intrigue, we ought to have felt profoundly relieved and thankful. We felt nothing of the kind. Things we had seen in Spain did not recede and fall into proportion now that we were away from them. Instead, they rushed back upon us and were far more vivid than before. We thought, talked, dreamed incessantly of Spain. For months past, we had been telling ourselves that when we get out of Spain, we would go somewhere beside the Mediterranean and be quiet for a little while and perhaps do a little fishing. But now that we were here, it was merely a bore and a disappointment. It was chilly weather, a persistent wind blew off the sea. The water was dull and choppy. Round the harbour's edge a scum of ashes, corks and fish guts bobbed against the stones. It sounds like lunacy, but the thing that both of us wanted was to be back in Spain. Though it could have done no good to anybody, might indeed have done serious harm, both of us wished that we had stayed to be imprisoned along with the others. I suppose I have failed to convey more than a little of what those months in Spain mean to me. I have recorded some of the outward events, but I cannot record the feeling they have left me with. It is all mixed up with sights, smells and sounds that cannot be conveyed in writing. The smell of the trenches, the mountain dawns stretching away into inconceivable distances, the frosty crackle of bullets, the roar and glare of bombs, the clear cold light of the Barcelona mornings and the stamp of boots in the barrack yard back in December when people still believed in the revolution and the food queues, and the red and black flags, and the faces of Spanish militiamen, above all the faces of a militiamen, men whom I knew in the line, and who are now scattered Lord knows where, some killed in battle, some maimed, some in prison, most of them, I hope, still safe and sound. Good luck to them all. I hope they win their war and drive all the foreigners out of Spain, Germans, Russians, and Italians alike. This war in which I played so ineffectual a part, has left me with memories that are mostly evil, and yet I do not wish that I had missed it. When you have had a glimpse of such a disaster as this, and however it ends, the Spanish War will turn out to have been an appalling disaster, (coughs) quite apart from the slaughter and physical suffering, the result is not necessarily disillusionment and cynicism. Curiously enough, The whole experience has left me with not less but more belief in the decency of human beings. And I hope the account I have given is not too misleading. I believe that on such an issue as this no one is or can be completely truthful. It is difficult to be certain about anything except what you have seen with your own eyes, and consciously or unconsciously everyone writes as a partisan. In case I have not said this somewhere earlier in the book, I will say it now. Beware of my partisanship, my mistakes of fact, and the distortion inevitably caused by my having seen only one corner of events. And beware of exactly the same things when you read any other book on this period of the Spanish War. Because of the feeling that we ought to be doing something, though actually there was nothing we could do, we left Banyuls earlier than we had intended. With every mile that you went northward, France grew greener and softer. Away from the mountain and the vine, back to the meadow and the elm. 
When I had passed through Paris on my way to Spain, it had seemed to be decayed and gloomy, very different from the Paris I had known eight years earlier, when living was cheap and Hitler was not heard of. Half the cafes I used to know were shut for lack of custom, and everyone was obsessed with the high cost of living and the fear of war. Now, after poor Spain, even Paris seemed gay and prosperous. And the exhibition was in full swing, though we managed to avoid visiting it. And then England, southern England, probably the sleekest landscape in the world. It is difficult when you pass that way, especially when you are peacefully recovering from seasickness with the plush cushions of a boat train carriage underneath you, to believe that anything is really happening anywhere. Earthquakes in Japan, famines in China, revolutions in Mexico. Don't worry, the milk will be on the doorstep tomorrow morning. The new statesman will come out on Friday. The industrial towns were far away, a smudge of smoke and misery hidden by the curve of the earth's surface. Down here it was still the England I had known in my childhood, the railway cutting smothered in wild flowers, the deep meadows where the great shining horses browse and meditate, the slow-moving streams bordered by willows, the green bosoms of the elms, the larkspurs in the cottage gardens and then the huge, peaceful wilderness of outer London, the barges on the Myrie River, the familiar streets, the posters telling of cricket matches and royal weddings, the men in bowler hats, the pigeons in Trafalgar Square, the red buses, the blue policemen, all sleeping the deep, deep sleep of England, from which I sometimes fear that we shall never wake till we are jerked out of it by the roar of bombs. And that's that, the closing of Homage to Catalonia, um, which, if you're not uh, familiar with it, I recommend you give it a read. Um, I studied Orwell quite a lot at university and the Spanish Civil War. Um, so, uh, yes, it's a very interesting period for me. If you're not familiar with it, I suggest you look it up. Uh, and... Uh, I hope you get a sense of that, from that at least, uh, a little bit of just how deeply his experiences during the Spanish Civil War informed Orwell's later work, particularly Animal Farm in 1984. Uh, I wrote my dissertation at uni on the influence of the Spanish War on Orwell's fiction, uh, his later fiction. Um, I think it's the very deep deep connection there it's really the, the sort of crux uh of of the orwellian mindset uh and the things that he's trying to say and put in fictional terms uh later in his life and career uh, but, uh and that will come through even more when i read his essay next week um but yes there's uh i hope you enjoyed that uh, and i hope it inspires you if you've not that to get some familiarity with with the work of Orwell um, and that's it for for this week I'll be back at the usual time next week have a nice uh, day <laughs>